Welcome to Towards Leadership from Leadership Letters, the podcast reflecting on and discussing all things leadership. I'm Lizzie Bentley Bowers. Thank you for joining us today. We're here, as always, to take a deeper dive into some of the ideas, insights and inspiration we get from talking to our guests over on Leadership Letters so that you can apply what you've heard to your leadership. In today's episode, we're reflecting on our conversation with the Chief People Officer of Exit Infrastructure, Carrie Cushing. What I very much noticed as I was starting out at work was that leadership shadows really impacted me. I was drawn to the people that had great shadows, that shadows really worked for me. And I I did withdraw from people whose shadows I didn't enjoy. And those people didn't get the best out of me and I didn't give the best of myself. Carrie spoke about the concept of the leadership shadow in her episode and posed the question through her letter, were you aware of your leadership shadow and did you care? As we've said many times on the podcast, the impact of leadership is everywhere, rippling out into people's lives, families and communities. And I'm making an assumption, based on the fact that you listen to podcasts about leadership, that your leadership shadow is something that you care about. But how do you really know what shadow you are casting? Many leaders turn to feedback to find out more about how people are experiencing them and the shadow they are casting. And feedback is continuous. Whether we realise it or not, there is some kind of feedback on everything we do, which is great. An endless source of opportunity to take responsibility for and be curious about your impact. It's also a topic that has a pretty exhaustive, not to mention exhausting, amount of information available. So where to start? on this whole question of giving and receiving feedback in a useful way. Here are five things for you to reflect on around feedback so that you can think about your leadership shadow. Whether or not feedback should be anonymous is an interesting question. So let's start with the question of attributable feedback. There's a great phrase, energy flows where thought goes. When feedback is anonymized, often if not always, to some extent, energy and thought goes into working out who said what, rather than that energy going into the curiosity and the learning from the feedback. If feedback is anonymised, there can also be some frustration at not being able to talk openly about the feedback once you have it. There are strong cases for anonymity and it can be useful. But when it's attributable, it opens the door to conversation. And the energy instead of going into who said what and being prevented from discussing it can go into being open. It isn't always easy or comfortable to give and receive feedback. Difficult stuff has often gone unsaid or maybe it's been said behind a closed door. But that's exactly the reason to go towards it. Which brings us on to our second point around feedback, which is to choose courage over comfort. Feedback is absolutely about what works and what's going well, and we'll talk more about that. And it can also involve going towards discomfort. It's an opportunity for you as a receiver of feedback to be taken out of your comfort zone and be stretched and challenged. Now that challenge might include hearing what your strengths are and how valued you are if you're not used to allowing yourself to truly hear that. As the person giving the feedback, it's an opportunity to offer the truth. As I often do, I'm turning to Brené Brown to say it best. Clear is kind. Unclear is unkind. When we give people half-truths or perhaps even platitudes to make them feel better, 
which is almost always actually about making ourselves feel more comfortable. We might be telling ourselves that's kind, but it's actually unkind. So we can be compassionate with ourselves that our intention is good, whilst going towards what may be uncomfortable truths. When we avoid the temporary discomfort of sharing something that someone might find difficult to hear, we're not giving them the gift of understanding how things could be better. So not getting clear with a colleague about your expectations because it feels too hard, especially if you're simultaneously still holding them to account or perhaps even for blaming them for something is not kind. Talking about people rather than to them is not kind. Talking honestly with people about your experience of them with positive intention, responsibility and courage is kind. So when you're giving what feels like courageous feedback, give thought to whether it's actionable. Is the thing that you want that person to do something that is actually possible? And if you think it might not be or might take a long time, what's the more useful version of that feedback? It's not about not giving it, but is there a step that you can put in? I heard once a phrase what Susie says of Sally says more of Susie than of Sally. I think this is really interesting in terms of feedback. In my experience, when I'm gathering feedback, the most considered feedback that I hear invariably has an element of the person giving the feedback, saying something about themselves, something along the lines of, oh, when I was thinking about this, I realized that I, and reflecting on the part they play in whatever it is they are giving feedback about someone else on. So when you give feedback, if it comes from a place of consideration of the part that you play in it, the chances are you will be framing it and phrasing it in a way that is much more likely for the person receiving the feedback to be able to think about it carefully. And when you're receiving feedback that has taken courage to give, call on your courage to hear it. It can be really easy to be taken to a place of personal opinion, swept up in, if they said that, they must hate me territory. But if you pause to remember that the feedback has positive intention for you, for them, and for the work that you are doing, you'll have more access to your curiosity and to the courage it has taken both for you to be given the feedback and that you can bring to receiving it. So the third thing to consider is how specific the questions that you are asking and answering are. Often when someone asks for feedback, there'll be quite a general, could you give me some feedback type phrase. If you ask in a general way, the chances are you'll get general back. Now that can be useful in terms of reinforcing what you already know, but it can be less useful if it doesn't relate the things you're asking about to the things that you really want to work on. Or it can lead to surprises that you're not prepared for, that then spin you to that place we talked about before, where it has a negative impact on the way you then receive and respond to the feedback. The more specific your question, the more useful your feedback is likely to be. As Carrie said on her episode, ask the question, take the guesswork out. If you're not sure how you're being perceived or experienced by others, be specific about when and where and how and ask. So the fourth thing we're going to look at is keeping what works. There is, of course, value in getting feedback about what you could get better at and thinking about how to approach that. Hearing what works and what you do well 
so that you can better understand and apply your strengths and do more of what people find useful from you can be a quicker and more sustainable way to make changes. How often do you listen attentively and dig into and build future reflection and action around what you do well with the same level of energy, attention and focus you'd give to something you don't do well? They're both of value and importance. Knowing what works is even more useful. It's the solid ground you build on. This is where you might reveal strengths, sometimes ones you didn't even know you had, or that you dismiss as strengths because they're just who you are and how you do things. Regularly hearing and believing feedback on your strengths is just as important as hearing feedback on the things to change or improve. And as the person giving feedback, whether you've been asked to share positive feedback or not, it's pretty much guaranteed that if you choose to offer alongside your feedback what you value in the person you're giving feedback to, you'll have a positive impact on their ability to apply the insights that you're offering. It might be that you share moments in the past when that behaviour or interaction or work that you are looking for more consistently from that person by sharing moments when it's happened in the past you can help them access right okay if I did this over here I can do this again over here you're helping them to access progress that's quicker and more sustainable so lastly let's talk about compassion because everything we've talked about so far requires compassion and compassion in leadership, as we've said many times before, it isn't about being fluffy. It's not about being inappropriately soft. It is about choosing to believe that we're all doing our best with what we have. Carrie talked about the fact that mistakes are the currency of growth. So if we can combine compassion with the clarity of kindness that includes the courageous, challenging feedback, we're offering gold to each other in terms of leadership learning. And of course, having done this feedback work, there's a reminder that different people will be standing in different places in relation to you and your shadow. Your shadow will fall in different places depending on where you are and when it is. People have choice about where they stand in relation to your shadow and you have choice about where you stand too, of course, and the shadow that you cast. The difference here, though, is that your shadow is yours. You are the only person who can't step away from it. So to be aware of it will no doubt be useful to you. And feedback is a great way to get there. On then to our read, watch and listen to recommendations. Carrie mentioned Karen Eber's work in the podcast, and we've been fortunate to have Karen on a previous episode of Leadership Letters. So it feels only right to be recommending Karen's book, the perfect story which has come out since we spoke to her. There is so much in here about why to tell stories as leaders and how to go about it. And really great food for thought too about collecting your stories and the wisdom of the fact that telling great stories isn't about finding the perfect story. And I think that chimes so beautifully with everything that we're saying about leadership shadow and feedback. None of this is about perfection. It is about fine-tuning. It is about finding the difference. So the To Watch recommendation is actually one we have recommended before. I think it was when we were talking about the value of humour in leadership that we recommended Ghosts, which you can find on the BBC iPlayer. And also is the most incredible example of ensemble and team in the way that that programme is put together and performed. 
But I want to talk today about the Christmas special. So spoiler alert coming up if you haven't watched it. I was so struck when I wept into my hot chocolate on Christmas Day, watching the last episode of Ghosts by the leader that Alison was. There were several self-appointed leaders among the ghosts when she arrived. And by the time she left, they all had realised they were in need of somebody who offered even more in the way of direction and could unite them. And what was so telling about her leaving was that the ghost's initial reaction was, we can't manage without you. But they came to realise that it was because of the impact of her leadership that they could. What a great definition of leadership is making it happen without you. Setting a vision, inspiring and empowering others to deliver it so that the impact is felt way beyond as well as during your tenure. So for a lighter and actually quite weepy look at leadership, I highly recommend the Ghost Christmas special. A catch up on that if you haven't seen it already. And lastly to listen to, I've been recommended the People Managing People podcast with David Rice. There is tons of thinking around feedback in here. I had a, a little search around the website accompanying the podcast and there's loads in here. So I'm going to have a rummage around in the world of people managing people and I highly recommend you do the same. So that's it for today. As ever, you'll find links to everything we've mentioned in the notes that accompany this episode. To hear more episodes of the Towards Leadership podcast and dip into our blog and newsletter archive, head over to towardsleadership.com, where you'll also find out how you can work with us in person, perhaps even on a feedback process. In the meantime, if there's anything we didn't dive into on this episode that you would have liked us to, either from Carrie's letter or indeed any other episode, please do let us know. And if you'd like to write the leadership letter of your own, we'd love to hear from you on that too. This is Towards Leadership from Leadership Letters. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you soon.